Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a sports interest presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague. Let's start this episode by sending a shout out to one of our listeners that uh, have been finding us. It has been a very pleasant uh, project to work with and uh, we have listeners from all over Europe, from all the countries where there are teams from EuroLeague, but also overseas and all over the world. A shout out to you guys. Stay with us. We will be bringing you more things in the off season. We will be having special content for the people that want to learn more about the EuroLeague. We will make sure to keep this podcast interesting and bring you everything that happens in the competition. Diogo, are you enjoying to work on this podcast and to see this podcast growing? Yeah, absolutely. It has been a, a fun project and I hope we can continue to, to make it grow and let's go. Let's go indeed. Uh, with only two rounds to go in the EuroLeague, on this episode we will preview the nine games of round 33 and we'll bring you Uh, the last position of our series, our top five uh, of centers of this edition of the EuroLeague. Make sure you guys listen to our previous episode where we break down the current standings and all the possible scenarios moving forward in terms of seeding and the, in the playoff fight. We start by previewing an extremely important game that will happen in Kaunas, where Zalgiris will be welcoming Maccabi. Zalgiris stands in ninth place, tied with Pasconia, while Maccabi Maccabi is fifth, two wins ahead of the eighth place. Zalgiris has a 12-4 record at home, while Maccabi has a 5-11 record on the road. Maccabi is in a great momentum, coming to this game in a six-game winning streak. Zalgiris won their last two games at home against Monaco and Valencia. Maccabi is the sixth best offense in the competition, while Zalgiris is the seventh best defense. For Zalgiris, this can be a life of that game. If they lose, they need Fenerbahce or Basconia to also lose in order for them to stay alive. If they lose this uh, this game, it puts them in a very hard position to, to make into the playoffs and to achieve their goal to, to be in the playoffs. This game has all the ingredients to be a must-watch one. I lean to the home team and I think they will be able to match Maccabi intensity and get uh, this win. Diogo, what outcome do you expect from this game? I think this is going to be a, a very exciting game. Uh, I expect that uh, Zalgiris crowd to be absolutely on fire. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with Maccabi here because, like you said, uh, a win for them guarantees the, the fifth seed. So, and, and their next game is against Real Madrid. So even though it's at home, I think it can be a very tough game for them. So I'm going to go with Maccabi to win this, this one right now. And I, I just think they're the better team. I, I know Zalgiris uh, is very good at home and they have been playing pretty good basketball, especially defensively. Uh, but I just, I just think Maccabi is on another level uh, and I'm going to go with Maccabi to win this one. We know that Maccabi has a, a very strong backcourt. They have uh, <clears throat> very high energy pieces all over the floor. 
So I will pose this question the other way for you. What do you think that will be Zalgiri's keys to be able to secure this win? Despite we leaning, I leaning to Zalgiri's side and you leaning to Maccabi's side, that just shows that this will be a high-level game. What do you think will be the Zalgiri's keys to be able to compete? For me, it will be a, they will need to dominate the rebounds on this matchup, and they will be able. They will need to match the Maccabi intensity and uh, beat them uh, on that part of the game. Uh, I think Zalgiris has to to try to, to slow the pace of this game down because uh, I think if they're going to get in a a, a transition game and uh, against Maccabi, I, I just don't think that's a good idea because with those two guards, uh, Maccabi is an elite uh, quick transition team. So I think Zalgiris needs to to try to to limit the game as much as they can to to half court, uh, because I think on the half court offense, even though Maccabi has been playing very well, I think Zalgiris' ability to defend uh, can give them a chance to to compete on the half court. So I think that's the key for them uh, is to slow the game down, because I don't see Maccabi losing to to anybody in Euro League in, in a fast paced game, at least the way they've been, they've been playing recently. So I think for Zalgiris is to slow the slow the game down and, and try to win that matchup in the off court. Something that I'll be tracking closely on this game is because we have seen Zalgiris being able to take the three point game away from teams and the transition game away from teams. But on the last game we saw Maccabi thriving and scoring at a very high level even without the the three point game. So that's something that uh, I want to see if Zalgiris has an answer for the way that uh, Maccabi moves the ball and is able to to find easy baskets. And I think that will be one of the keys for, for this matchup between these two teams. Let's move on to Serbia, where Red Star will be receiving Olympiakos. For Olympiakos, a win means that they will lock the first place in the regular season of this edition of the EuroLeague. Red Star still is mathematically alive in the playoff hunt, but besides this win, they are dependent on the results from other teams, and it's extremely unlikely that uh, they will be in the this edition playoffs of the EuroLeague. <clears throat> At home, Red Star has a nine wins and six losses record. They have shown that uh, they are at their best when they are able to pressure the ball, cause mistakes and run. Olympiacos have, have been the most dominant team in this edition of the EuroLeague. They will be motivated to lock the, the first spot on this game. They will have a really shot to do it. But I think I give a slight edge to the home team on this game. What about you, Diogo? Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you here. Um, just because uh, we, we say, I usually say that Red Star uh, needs to get stopped and push the pace. But against a, such a disciplined team like Olympiacos, uh, the way they've been playing all year, uh, I don't see Red Star being able to do that. So, uh, meaning that I don't think Red Star will be able to take Olympiacos away from their own game. So, I think Olympiacos' ability to defend and, and to move the ball offensively, uh, I just think they, they have too much for Red Star, even though it is a home game. So Red Star can always get get anybody at home. Um, and I do think Olympiacos will get the first seed, whether it is on this game or the next one. Uh, but I'm going to pick them to win it right now and to, to lock that number one seed right in this game. Uh, even though uh, I clearly give Red Star a chance to to win, but but I'm gonna pick Olympiacos. 
yeah, Olympiacos being able to control the pace of the game will be key for them. And uh, Olympiacos, even if they go 0-2 the rest of the way, they still have a chance to, to get the first seed. They just need uh, the Spanish teams to do, to lose at least one game each. So, And that's not impossible with the, the schedule that they have ahead. I think that uh, Red Star will be motivated to stay on the fight. That has been their MO in the last games. And I think that they have a chance here. But mostly, I want to see if Olympiacos will be able to, how in what shape Cannon will be after being away from the team for for at least a week, and uh, if Olympiacos will be able to step up their offensive game that has been kind of slow on the the last matchups. So I, I see an angle here for for Red Star to be able to conquer this win. But let's see what happens. And this is a lovely start, lovely start for the podcast. We we disagree on bot games, <laughs> so let's continue and see how do we predict the the next matchup. It's a must-watch game, the Turkish derby between Fenerbahce and FS. Both teams need this win. FS needs it more because they need it to stay alive. While Fenerbahce, if they lose, they can find themselves in ninth place after this round. If uh, if they lose the game and Partizan, Bascon and Zalgiris all win. FS comes into this game after two big wins against Virtus and Milano on the, the last two rounds. While Fenerbahce lost four out of their previous five games, including the last two rounds against Real and Basconia. Wilbekin being available is key for the home team. They will certainly want to repeat their previous nine points road win against FS back in October. I lean to FS and uh, I am concerned with Fenerbahce current momentum. That's why I'm giving an advantage to FS. I think they are playing at a higher level right now. But I recognize in, in uh, Fenerbahce the upside to snap out of out of it and to perform at an elite level. Duke, which will be the keys for this game? And who do you think has the advantage here? Okay, first of all... Uh... I think this could be a, a great game for Fenerbahce to, to snap out of the, the bad momentum. Uh, but I'm going to agree with you and uh, I'm going to lean uh, towards FS because I feel like they have more to lose on this game, even though uh, Fenerbahce is in a dangerous position as well. Uh, but I think FS, as, as the back-to-back champions, they, they need to go all in for these final games to, to try to get in. So I'm going to pick them and, and obviously... Uh, the way Fenerbahce has been struggling, it's pretty concerning. So I think FS is the better team for this game. But I expect it to be highly competitive, of course. It is a a, a rivalry, so I think it's going to be highly competitive. And, and I think we're going to have good basketball. Uh, I, I expect Fenerbahce to play better and, and to be motivated by this rivalry to play better. So I, I expect a good basketball game, but but I, I'm gonna have FS winning a close one. Uh, I think they do need to win by nine plus points to, exactly. to have a chance. So I'm going. I'm curious to see how that ends, but I think it's going to be a close one. So they don't need to win by more than nine points, but. Uh... I will recommend that they do, <laughs> because yeah. if, if all of Partizan, Basconi and uh, Zalgiris win, and uh, they they win by less than nine games, it might already not be enough for them to, to qualify, and uh, it yeah, might they, even put both the Turkish teams in a very tricky position. Yeah, for FH, I think in order for them to get in, I think they're going to need to have that tie-break advantage uh, against uh, at least Fenerbahce. So, yeah. It's a it's a good thing to to look forward in this game. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Uh, I don't know if FS is going to be able to win by double digits, 
but I expect them to win and I expect a good game. Even if the game is a slightly out of hand, both teams will have something to play for and uh, we can expect 40 minutes of, uh, at the very least, intense basketball. So a game more to turn in for. From Turkey, we move on to Spain, where Valencia will welcome Virtus. Both teams are out of the playoff hunt. Playing at home, I will say that Valencia are favorites, and I expect them to try to finish this edition of the EuroLeague strong in the hope of receiving an invite for uh, the EuroLeague next season. Virtus already has that invite and uh, have been struggling recently to play without uh, their leader, Milos Teodosic. Do you, do you agree with my assessment that Valencia are favorites for this game? Yeah, I do. Um, and not only because of, of, the, of being a, a home game, But I just think in terms of playing style for each team, I think it's a, a favorable matchup for Valencia because obviously they shoot a lot of threes and they play a, a high-paced game. And, and I, I don't see Virtus being able to match that, especially without Teodosic. So I agree with you. I think Valencia is going to win. Yeah, I think they have a, an edge on this matchup and especially with both teams being already eliminated, that balances things out and... Uh... For me, the home team has uh, has the advantage here. And uh, I think Valencia will come out of this game with uh, the win. We stay in Spain, where Real will be receiving Bayern. This is a must win for them. If uh, they want to still be in the fight for the first place, depending on what we see Olympiacos doing on their game. Uh, but mostly if they want to, to end the season ahead of Barcelona or to fight to end the season ahead of Barcelona, they need to recover one win against the Spanish rivals. So this is a game that Real cannot sleep and they need to win this game. Real are big favorites and I expect them to win. Do you, Diogo? Yeah, of course. I <laughs> mean... Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people uh, picking Bayern to win this game, uh, especially with all the injuries they've had. Um, they can always make every game tough, and Trincheri always has his team prepared. But uh, this is just too big of a mismatch because uh, Real Madrid, especially, still fighting for for something for that number one seed, and with the roster they have, playing at home, uh, it's just too much for Bayern. And with all the injuries they have, I don't think they have a chance. And it would be good enough for them to make it competitive because I can really see this game being a blowout. And yeah, I think for sure Real Madrid will win. I think they will dominate from beginning to end. When I was preparing this game and looking at the matchups in this game, I was remembering the Bayern game against Barcelona and how they managed to slow down the pace of this game and make it like a fight and a hard-fought game. I think that Real Madrid having Walter Tavares, it really gives gives them an edge against uh, uh, against what Bayern does. I think he'll be key for this matchup. And then it's like you said, Real Madrid depth, it will just be too much for, for Bayern. And I think they have a, a big advantage here and they will get this win. Let's still stay in Spain and where Basconi will be receiving Asvel. The home team is in eighth place and each game left are a final for them. Asvel is struggling to pro produce and um, to be at the level of the the, the other EuroLeague teams. And uh, with Basconia having all the reasons to be motivated and focused, I expect them to, to get this win. Asphalt will try to slow down the game and to be physical, while Basconi will try to run and blow Asphalt off the court. Which style do you think will be thriving, Diogo? I mean, I, I think this is a pretty obvious answer, uh, especially considering uh, that Basconi is, is in the fight and, and they are they have good chances. Uh, I think Basconi is going to blow out Asphalt on this game. Uh, I really don't see a scenario where Asvel will win 
especially with the game in France, uh, Asvel won by 26, like, and Basconia shot 24% from three. Uh, I don't see that happening again at all. And I think Basconia is going to be the, the better team from start to finish. And I think they're going to win easily. Yeah, I think the same. I think more important than the win will be for Basconia to be able to have a, a good defensive performance on this matchup again and keep building it into their last matchup on the road against Olympiacos that um, might be decisive for them and they will want to, to go into that game as motivated and as strong as possible so they, they cannot uh, look at this game as an easy win. They, they need to really blow out and come out of this game with a strong performance to be motivated for their last hard road game on the road. Second day of round 33 starts in Greece with uh, Paratinakos receiving Alba. The visitors lost six out of their last seven games, uh, being in 17th place in the standings with a road record of four wins and 12 losses. Paratinakos is 16 with uh, a home record of eight wins and eight losses, but uh, they have been showing some improvements recently and on their last five games they won three of them. Alba has shown to be a fearless team and I can see them giving some trouble to Paratinaikos, but uh, I can't go against the, the home team on this one. I think that Paratinaikos will be able to, to get this win playing in front of their home crowd that uh, hopefully will uh, show up for this game and uh, we will see Paratinaikos ending the season in a strong note. What will be worth track on this matchup, Diogo? Yeah, I was about to say the same thing that you finished with, <laughs> with. Uh, I hope that crowd uh, shows up for them because uh, we already know that Panathinaikos needs their fans. And when they are present, they are one of the most elite fan bases in EuroLeague. So I hope they show up, even though the team can't make the playoffs. I, I, I just think it's important for them to be with them and to help them keep building for, for next year. Uh, but I agree with you. I think Panathinaikos is going to win the game. Um, I like Alba. I like Alba's ability to to play fast and to, to score, especially with those two guards in Maldolo and Jolene Smith. But but I just think Panathinaikos has more talent overall and in every position outside of the point guard. So I think Panathinaikos is going to be able to, to win it. Uh, yeah, I just don't see Alba being able to guard guys like Dwayne Bacon, Derek Williams, even Papa Giannis. So, yeah, I think it's a it's an easy win for Panathinaikos. Panathinaikos' wings will be too much for Alba and will end up uh, guaranteeing this win for, for the home team. Next game is played in Italy, where Milano welcomes Barcelona. Milano is out of the playoff hunt. After being red-hot and winning eight out of nine games, they slowed down and uh, lost their last two games on the road against Maccabi and Efes. Barcelona will want to win in order to stay ahead of their Spanish rivals Real to keep building momentum with uh, them being currently on a, a four-game winning streak. I lean Barcelona on this game. That in Barcelona won 74-56 against a very different Milano team back then. Do you think that uh, Milano can bounce back from their last two games and surprise Barcelona on this one, you? I mean, it, it, it's a tough game to bounce back uh, from two <laughs> losses uh, going against Barcelona. Uh, but, but I think there's a chance because obviously they've been playing very good basketball. And again, with Barcelona, that consistency that we need to see, uh, I think Milano can explore that and, and try to be intense and aggressive for all 40 minutes. Uh, I think that's going to give them a chance to, to be in the fight. 
Uh, would I pick Milano? Probably not. Uh, I'm probably picking Barcelona because they also want to have a chance at going get that number one seed. So I think Barcelona is going to win, but but I think it's going to be pretty close. And I think Milano is gonna is gonna give it a shot to to win the game. Yeah, the only thing I wonder here is we have seen Barcelona starting to stay focused mentally for four minutes, 40 minutes of the game. And if Olympiacos wins and locks the first place and Real Madrid eventually loses, I wonder how they will come into this game and if they will have the, the edge that they might need to, to face a motivated Milano team at home. And uh, I think that might make the, the game interesting and competitive. And this is zero league. There is always a chance that we, we get surprises all over the place. So this might become a very interesting game, but I do favor Barcelona on this one. The last game of the round is played in Monaco where the home team will receive Partizan. Monaco already locked home court advantage. As we broke down on our previous episodes, they are very likely to end up in the fourth seat in the end uh, of the regular season. Of course, they still aim higher and it, with two wins and two losses from the Spanish teams, they can end up in third or even in second place. But that seems somewhat unlikely. Partizan has the tiebreak advantage over Basconia, Zalgiris, and Efes. They have a chance to come out of this round with the playoff spot locked if they win. Personally, I can't go against them after what I saw them doing on the, the last round. It wasn't a fluke and for me, and uh, they are playing at a very high level. I think that uh, they are playing at a higher level than Monaco is right now. The home team after uh, hot Mike, Jam Mike James less or hot run, they weren't able to keep up the same level on the, the previous two rounds against Algiris and Bayern. They show some inconsistency on their execution. While I think Monaco will be one of the favorites to be in the final four, and with home court advantage... Uh, already achieved that really puts them in a very good position to, to get there in the end of the season. They aren't performing at the same level that Partizan is right now and that for me is why I favor Partizan to go to Monaco and come out of there with uh, this win. What do you think, you? I'm going to disagree. Um, I, I do agree with the part that Partizan has been playing very high level and uh, I also do not think that win against Real Madrid was a fluke. Uh, so uh, I'll give them credit on that. But I think Monaco, after struggling these last two games on the road against Algiris and Bayern, especially from the three-point line, uh, I think they're going to have a, a nice home game where they get back to, to that playing style of shooting a, a lot of threes and making them. And the reason I, I think Monaco will win is because I don't think Partizan can match the, the shooting ability that Monaco has especially with those guards. Uh, and Partizan doesn't shoot enough threes uh, to be able to compete uh, at that level, uh, in my opinion, at least. Um, I think they're going to be able to to dominate, the, uh, not dominate, but I think they're going to they're gonna have their advantage on the paint uh, against Monaco because even though they have Monte Yunes and Dante Hall, uh, I think Lasorte can 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 get some damage uh, on that game, so I think it's going to be a good game. But but I see Monaco coming out on top. I, I just think their ability to shoot and score and to play fast is better, especially at home. So I'm going to give it some Monaco. We end in a strong note, disagreeing on the the outcome <laughs> of the the last match after this round. <laughs> 
but uh, to end this episode, let's discuss who the best center in the Euroleague is. My approach to create my top five was a mix of uh, player level, the performance this season and the impact that the player has on the game. And the players that didn't make my final cut and are my honorable mentions are Giorgio Papagiannis, Mike Kotstar, Jan Vesely, Brandon Davis and Mustafa Fall. There were more names in a list of at least 14 players, but... Uh, these five were the ones that uh, I was debating to to have them placed on my final top five. What about you, Duke? Who are your honorable mentions? Okay, I, I have two the, that you have as well, uh, in Papa Giannis and Brandon Davis. Um, and then I have two more, um, and it's Sorkin from Maccabi. Um, I know he's probably not at the level that these other centers are in terms of their ability as a player, but... The impact that he's had on Maccabi's team this year coming off the bench and just bringing energy and efficiency, I think it's been amazing for them. So I think he deserves a mention here. And the other guy is Dublevich from Valencia. Um, in a normal season, uh, I would have him in the top five probably, but I, I think he has been very inconsistent this year and also a couple games in and out with injuries. So... If he had been more consistent this year, I would have him uh, at the number five spot for sure. Uh, it was very close between him and uh, my number five player. We'll get to mm -hmm. him. Uh, but yeah, just his inconsistency this year, uh, I, I couldn't put him in there. I love the shout out to Sorkin. I just didn't really have him in consideration to make my final cut of top five. That's why I don't have him here. But uh, he for sure is having a great season and he's contributing at uh, a very high level for uh, Maccabi this season. Then I will go ahead and start with my fifth. It's exactly Bojan Dublevic, the Montenegrin 6'9 center from Valencia. I'm uh, a big fan of his game and despite his inconsistencies that you just mentioned during this season, his ability to space the floor and his... Uh, Court vision are for me factors that make him an interesting mismatch on many games and gives him a positive impact on the games for uh, for uh, Valencia. He's averaging 12 points, 4.9 rebounds and 1.4 assists this season. Who is in your fifth place, Dio? Yeah, my fifth place uh, was between Dublevich and one of your honorable mentions. So <laughs> I think we're pretty close on that. Uh, I have Jan Vesely as my number five. Um, I think uh, in a team like Barcelona, his role coming off the bench most of the games, uh, I think he gives them a level of consistency. And there it is, uh, the difference why I have him above Dublevich. Uh, I think he comes off the bench, he plays his role, and he's very consistent at it. Uh, a lob threat uh, off the pick and roll. Uh, he can shoot the mid-range. He's a smart player as well, uh, similarly to Dublevich, of course. Uh, But but I, I like Vesely better and I just think he has been more consistent this year. I can't disagree with you because in the several interactions of my top five, I, I had Jan Vesely as high as fourth at some point. I was very close to have him on my top five. I just end up pushing him slightly down, but uh, he's a great player and... I don't blame you for having him in, in fifth place. In fourth, I have Filip Petrushev, the seven-foot Serbian player from Red Star. He can play both power forward and center, but I think he thrives and adds another layer to his game at the center position. He's averaging this season 10.8 points, 5.3 rebounds, and he has a PER of 12.8. Is Petrushev in your fourth place, or who do you have in fourth, Duke? Uh, Petrushev is not my fourth <laughs> uh, I have uh, Lasort uh, from Partizan as my number four. Uh, 
uh, and you know uh, I don't go by the numbers. Uh, you already know that. And Lasorte is like second in the MVP race this year. Um, obviously, he's a great player. I, I like him a lot. I think he's very strong, a very good rebounder, and a good scorer in the paint. Uh, the other guys I have, I, I just like them better, but Lasorte is a very good player, and he deserves to be in this top five f- for sure with the season he's having. And Partizan also, as a team, having a great season. And a lot of that is because of him. So he's my number four. I will continue to talk about Lasort because I have him in third place on my top five. So I was uh, guessing. I was guessing that already. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. In in off before the, the start recording the episode, where we were speaking exactly about that. Him as a player, isolated, maybe he wouldn't even rank this high. Have had taken into account other players in the Euroleague, but he's having a, a great season, and uh, that's why I have the six-nine French center from Partizan. The impact that he has on the team. And the season that he's having, he ranks in second between all players in PER, averaging 12.5 points, 7.2 rebounds, 1.4 assists, 0.9 steals and 0.8 blocks. I think he deserves to be here and that's why I rank him in the third place on my top five with uh, his production during this season waiting Mm. heavily on that. Who do you have in third place? Yeah, we just have the third and fourth place <laughs> reversed. Uh, I have Petrusev as number th- number three. Uh, I think his size and his ability to play in the post, uh, I think it's at a very high level for the uh, EuroLeague. And uh, I, I think he's been having a, a very good season. Uh, it's kind of like a, a comeback because uh, last year and the years prior to that, uh, he got drafted and it didn't work. And then with Efesh also didn't work. So uh, I'm happy to see him perform at a good level here in Red Star. And uh, I think he deserves top three. Obviously, you can argue Lasort over him, but I think that's that's debatable. I think it can go both ways. So And I have Petrosev number three. Yeah, he's one of the rising stars of the, the EuroLeague. And I'm looking forward to see what next years have on the docket for him. In my second place, I have Jonathan Motley, the 6'9 American player from Fenerbahce. He can also play both... Uh, Front court positions, but I think he thrives and the team thrives with him playing at the center. He's averaging 14.7 points, 5.6 rebounds, 1.4 assists with a 16.5 PER. And I think he's having a very good season for Fenerbahce. And uh, from all the centers in the EuroLeague, I think I have him on the tier below my top center, my number one that we'll be announcing after. But I think he's also slightly above the, the remaining players. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I agree with you in number two and I can already tell I agree with you in number <laughs> one. Uh, I also have Jonathan Motley as my number two center. Um, when we did the power forward, the top five, uh, I considered him, but I, I like him more as a five. And Fenerbahce does use him as a five a lot as well. So uh, I think he should be here. And I have him number two. Uh, like you said, uh, I think tier there is tier one and then tier two, which is Jonathan Motley. And, and I think those two guys are, are above the rest. So I have Jonathan Motley as my number two. Very well. So let's see if we indeed agree 
of who the number one is. In first place of my center rankings, I have Walter Tavares, the 7-3 Cap Verdean center from Real Madrid. He's likely the most impactful defender in the competition and his role for Real Madrid is massive and he might be their most influential player. He's able to impact the game of, on both sides of the floor. His defense is known, but also his verticality and uh, the way he is able to space on offense inside and uh, his gravity allows Real Madrid players to, to drive around him. Do you agree with me with that Tavares is the number one? Actually, no, I don't. Uh, no, nah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> uh, of I was shocked for a moment. I was like, <laughs> who do you have? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course. Of course, I have uh, Walter Tavares. Uh, I had him uh, when we did our MVP rankings. I, I had him in the top five as well. Uh, I think the impact he has for Real Madrid is, I think, is the most important player on that team. His ability to protect the rim and to defend uh, is at such a high level. And offensively, he has been, he has gotten better over the years as well. And uh, I think he is clearly the number one center in EuroLeague. And uh, I can wait to see him in the playoffs to see what he does. And yeah, by far the number one center in my opinion. Absolutely. Let's wrap up this episode. Make sure you guys tune in Monday when we will be recapping round 33 of the EuroLeague. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague, where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports, and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre, and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.